Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. Expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Monday, January 3rd, 2022. On today's episode, we're going to talk about some film news, including Spider-Man No Way Home, spoilers, and the box office. This is Slash Film Editorial Director Peter Soretta. And joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film News Writer Ryan Scott. Happy New Year, folks. I'm back yeah. again. And we totally didn't record that intro three times because I apparently have forgotten how to podcast in 2022. I don't know what this we crap you're talking about is. I, I didn't have a whole lot to do with that, sir. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was just me. But yeah, happy new year to everybody out there. This is the first episode of the new year. And it's going to take a little bit <laughs> a little bit for me to, you know, the 2022. I'm so used to saying 2021. But, uh, you know, new year. Uh, <laughs> same news. We're, we're, we're here on a Monday talking about box office again. We're, we're going to talk about spoilers a little bit later, but... Let's start things off with the box office. And there's no spoilers here other than, you know, Spider-Man making money. So, Ryan, tell us about it. Uh, Yeah, again, you know, same thing we're talking about the past few weeks. Uh, New Year's box office was very kind to Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, It only dropped 37%, well, almost 38%, but it made $52.7 million in its third weekend domestically. And that would be like an excellent number on the COVID curve for almost any other movie in its opening weekend. Especially this year. It would probably be in the top oh, yeah. 10 of this year. Yeah, right? it would be yeah. insane. Uh, so right now, worldwide, uh, it is sitting at $1.37 billion. Uh, and the big thing is that puts it past Black Panther, which means it is now the biggest MCU movie that does not have Avengers in the title. Uh, it is above wow. every other MCU movie. After three weeks, that does not have Avengers in its title. There is not a single MCU movie that has made more money. So that is a... That that, is crazy. That is absolutely nuts. And especially when you consider, like, you know, they didn't really put the spoilers in the marketing. You know, I mean, look, a lot of people are smart and people knew what was coming, but it wasn't out there on Front Street. So, you know, it's a pretty big deal. Um, Well, as I said in a past episode, I think that's mainly what drove people to theaters in, in the opening weekends is you know people wanted to see is it true 
you know, I don't want to be spoiled. I need to be there. Yeah. Um, but people are coming back because it's a, you know, it's a feel good movie. It's, it's a, it's, it's a very, I saw it again last week. I saw it for a second time last week and, and man, man, oh man, that third act of that movie is just some satisfying stuff. Uh, it is a, it is a good time, but yeah. So, uh, other than that, you know, really what you're going to wind up with probably is Spider-Man No Way Home. A lot of estimates have it around the $1.75 billion finishing its run. So if it gets around that point, it would end up in the number six spot all time, uh, just above Jurassic World, which made like $1.6 billion. And the, it would essentially only be behind the $2 billion club. Because uh, then above there in the top five, you get to Avengers Infinity War you know, in two billion range, but I mean, that's just incredible. So, you know, that's the big story this weekend, but so is there no way that it will, it'll cross the $2 billion mark? Uh, oof. I, I, I'm, I, I know like, this isn't like a few weeks ago when I was hesitant to say that it was going to make a hundred million open weekend. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think it has enough gas left in the tank. I think the only way that happens right now, it hasn't secured a release date in China for sure yet. Um, and honestly, Marvel movies are not like, always as big in china so it even if it did i don't know um it could get close it could get close but i think two would be even with how well it's done i think two would be a just a small stretch in my mind but you know i'm wondering what what are the upcoming film releases because usually you know the early part of the year is all the like award contenders yeah you know. so so this upcoming week we have the 355 which was that action flick that was delayed last year directed by simon kinberg with jessica chastain in it uh and then the following week you already start getting into bigger movies with the new scream coming out and then january 28th you get morbius so january is not totally devoid of, of big stuff do you think there's a chance that on january 28th when morbius comes out that spider-man no way home beats it for the weekend the weekend box office not no no not a chance i no okay no 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 that would be funny i I mean look i i I recently posted a thing on slash film last week heading into the new year about the biggest box office gambles heading into this year and i listed morbius because you know yes it's in the same universe as venom yes it's another marvel movie but we're talking about a much lesser known character heavily delayed released in january no idea what that movie's gonna do and i mean it i don't know like i like i I, there are times where i could take a good guess morbius i think could do anything from like 15 million to like another 75 80 million i have no idea but if it's doing 15 million wouldn't that mean spider-man no way home's probably gonna beat it that weekend i think by the time you get another three four weeks out i don't know about that but, because but, you're cutting it by thirty percent and then thirty percent. Yeah, I mean, I, 30, I, yeah. I I think it would be a tough. Plus, then not only that, that fifteen million that Morbius makes, you're still kind of taking away from the rest of the pot. I, you know what I mean? Like, it, 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 I think it would be, it might be closer than some would have suspected, but I don't know. Um, and truth be told, yeah. I no, I think Morbius will make a little more than fifteen million, but but really, I don't. I really don't have any idea. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. you know, Venom um, was pretty critic-proof, okay, so I so don't, we don't even think know if it's... the reviews... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, we we, yeah, we don't we, we don't think it's going to come close to Infinity War, so it's not going to overtake Infinity War. No, so it'll probably six all time is what I figure it'll end up at. I mean, that's not, not bad at all. So <laughs> not, <laughs> not, One last point I'll make is that the Disney-Sony deal 
that allows for Spider-Man to exist in the MCU. As I understand it, Disney gets about 25% of the box office from these standalone movies. So if you look at, let's say it finishes at $1.6 billion, Disney stands to make about as much at the box office from 25% of this movie as they did with like Shang-Chi or Eternals overall. Because those movies were around the $400 million range worldwide. So that's pretty incredible. Yeah, and also Disney, from what I understand, uh, takes the majority of the 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 uh the merchandising yeah that that i'm a little less clear on but um because i know for a while disney was really being crappy about like with the x-men and fantastic four they didn't really have many x-men and fantastic four titles in the comics while fox owned the rights because they were just being grouchy about it you know they can't really do that with spider-man but um Yeah. yeah so i don't know that's where that stuff gets murky but I, I do know this. When I interviewed the the Spider Verse directors for the first Spider Verse movie, I, I walked in there with like, you know, one of those T shirts that's made by like another artist, uh, not an official Disney or Sony or Disney or Marvel T shirt that had uh, the Spider Verse characters on it, and they were like asking me about the T shirt, and I was like, oh no, I bought it off this like, you know, this art this Etsy shop or something like that, and they're like, uh, yeah, it was like that's because the studio that made this movie has no incentive in making good merchandise. <laughs> so they, they, they literally said it uh, out. <laughs> I mean, that look, it makes sense. You know, it's yeah. the, uh, but uh, yeah. So then the only other thing box office wise is that sing two came in at number two. It's doing okay. You know, another $19 million. Um, you know, the first one made over 600 million. I don't think this one's going to get anywhere near that, but uh One of the things I like about Sing 2 is that it has a very responsible $85 million production budget. Uh, Didn't didn't overinflate that budget, so it's got a good shot at still making some money. Um, On the flip side of that, we have The Matrix Matrix Resurrections, which only made $3.8 million in its second weekend. And, uh, you know, it crossed $100 million worldwide, but, you know, it's got a $190 million budget, so I mean... You know, you're kind of looking at Flopsville now, but yeah, I mean, and we've already talked about that in depth, but it, it seems like everything else is really not doing well. Yeah, but, yeah. Although the Matrix is pretty surprising at the level at which it's it's proving to be inept domestically. Uh, pretty big, pretty impressive how bad it is. Uh, I feel bad. But uh, also, the movie isn't great. So, well, in my opinion, in my opinion, <laughs> look, and that's fine. But again, this is where, and I've railed about this before. You know, don't doom your movies from the outset. Don't give something a hundred and ninety million dollar budget when nobody, not a lot of people, really like those sequels that came out almost twenty years ago. Anyway, you know, maybe let's not assume this movie's going to make five or six hundred million worldwide. You know, I don't know. I that's kind of my thing. But yeah. Okay, let's let's jump into some spoilers for Spider-Man No Way Home. So if you haven't seen that movie, then apparently you are not contributing to the, the box <laughs> of the world. It seems like everybody's seen this movie. But if you haven't seen this movie, you want to tune out now and maybe save the rest of the podcast uh, for after you've seen the movie. And now that that has been said, we're moving into spoilers. Uh, there's been some interviews, some post-release interviews with the screenwriters of the film, Chris McKenna and Eric Summers, and they've been addressing some some spoiler questions that give us uh, some insight into what had been planned and how it changed and 
what what didn't happen, what did happen. Uh, so we want to talk about that in today's episode. The first of which is the the screenwriters basically spilled the details on how at one point in the process, Hardy's Venom could have played a much more active role in the story, possibly even appearing in the final battle. So the the screenwriter screenwriting duo admit that they were that plans were quote definitely discussed and that though obviously the creative team didn't pursue this any further th- th- there was at one point a discussion of having venom in that final battle at the statue of liberty uh i don't know i, I i'm so glad they didn't do that ryan do you have any thoughts on this um yeah i'm super glad they didn't <laughs> Uh, I look, I look, I know a lot of people like those Venom movies. I boy, are they bad. And, uh, I, I more than that though, even if I set my personal feelings aside, I just don't think the tone of what Tom Hardy has done with Venom meshes well with the tone of the MCU. So I feel like tonally that would have been rough. On top of that, I think you already have an overstuffed third act here and it shouldn't work on in every single account that third act should not work because it has so many spider villains and then you have you know three spider-men and then you have dr strange and then you have ned and mj like there's just so many people involved in that final third act like i, I can't see a world in which venom would, <laughs> would be able to be crammed in there somewhere it's crazy watching it a second time my biggest fear is that this movie was going to feel overstuffed and it's, it's, it's unbelievable how like similar to when Captain America civil war had to introduce Spider-Man, introduce black Panther, do all this stuff. And then you're like, wow, it really spun those plates. And similarly, you're like, wow, this is kind of like an amazing Spider-Man three and a Spider-Man four. And, uh, you know, all these other things and it didn't, you know, and then, but if you throw venom in there, I really think that's the thing that tips the cow over. Like that, that might have been a bridge too far. <laughs> so it's the, it's the Venom equation because I always use Spider-Man Three <laughs> as an example of like too Ooh. many villains. Yeah. Like I, it was something I was worried with um, Matt Reeves' Batman coming out. Like there's too many in there, and I was I, I always use Spider-Man Three as so. I, I, so I guess it it only is uh, an example when Venom's involved. Well, but I feel like with the Batman, not to get too off topic, I think it's pretty yeah, yeah. clear that Reeves is like setting a lot of putting a lot of window dressing up to say, here's what we can do later. Yeah. Like, I think like it's very clear Riddler's the guy. These other guys are going to show up a bit. And then like if he gets to make his trilogy, this is what's there. You know, so it, it, it yeah, was Spider-Man, I, I, th- Spider-Man three. It was more like, let's just throw a bunch of stuff at the wall. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I think you're right. Um, so I guess the one, one of the big questions is: Will we ever see Tom Holland's Spider-Man face up against Tom Hardy's Venom? What do you Fa- think? Face up against? That's a very specific question. Or face, face off against? Face? Uh, yeah, uh, go head to head. Fight him? No. Yes. <laughs> uh, I believe. Be in the same movie in an active, I- interactive way and not yes. that like he's just yes. in a end credit scene is what i'm basically saying. yes that i so i think like if you're gonna get a guy to fight him uh you're gonna get andrew garfield i think the internet's gonna be right about that and i think it would be andrew garfield spider-man fighting tom hardy's venom 
Um, I like that theory a lot, but what about Tom Holland's Spider-Man is what I'm saying. As I've discussed a few weeks is that I think that Sony has a bigger plan here with all of the Spider-Mans and all of their stuff. I think if you do end up getting that live-action Spider-Verse movie that I believe we might get at some point, I think then you'd see Tom Hardy's Venom as maybe more of an ally, like like, like a reluctant ally fighting whatever the bigger threat is. Mm. That would be my best guess. See, my cliched, what I'm imagining is it's being set up as like Spider-Man versus Venom, but then it turns out there's a bigger threat and they got to team together. That's exactly what will happen in that third Venom movie, (laughs) like if they bring Andrew Garfield in. So, but then like, but then like Venom is set up as like a loose ally for whenever that bigger crossover happens. Okay. Let's talk about some other stuff that was said in this interview, uh, including possibly there was another Marvel character that was going to bring in the Spider-Man at the, at the end of the movie. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah. Uh, they were really unspecific about it, but like Chris McKenna <laughs> and Eric Summers were like, cause as we know in the movie, Ned leads who in the comics is like ends up becoming Hob- Hobgoblin instead ends up getting magical powers in Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, and he's the one who kind of brings in Toby and Andrew in a very key scene in the movie after stealing Doctor Strange's sling ring. Well, the screenwriters very unspecifically said that it was potentially going to be another character to introduce the other Spider-Men, and it was going to come earlier in the movie just after Aunt May's death. Beyond that, we're kind of left to hopelessly speculate. Yeah, and they even admit it would be like a deus ex machina kind of scenario, and it was not good, and they kind of like came to this spot of, of coming up with this Ned Leeds thing. The, I think the most interesting thing to me here is that they very purposely do not tell you who the character would be. Like, I think if it was Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange seems like the most obvious person to me. Wouldn't they just say Doctor Strange came in? Uh, yeah, I think if it was Doctor Strange, they would have just said it. Um... Beyond that, I just don't know. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm kind. Of, this is one of those ones that caught me. Where like normally I've got a theory or two. This one I really don't know. Like, I, Wong is the only other guy that makes sense. I mean, they do. They do set up Wong. He's the new Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah. Him coming in to save the day. That was uh, Ben's pick, who wrote the story for Slashdom.com. Uh, yeah. Some some of the other things he mentioned was Eddie Brock or Norman Osborn uh, found them while you know going around the city, cruising around in a green goblin glider. I don't think that's the case, especially on you know where this movie goes in the third act. You kind of need Norman Osborn to be doing something else. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't imagine it was like some kind of other big surprise character, right? Like no, because th- that would probably have come out by now like on some level again Wong if I had to guess I'd say Wong I guess but uh, Wong seems to be busy doing God knows what right now like that's what's interesting to me is like what the hell is Wong up to because he keeps just like piecing out and like you know we see him a little bit in Shang-Chi getting his fight club on and then like we see him like piecing out during all this Doctor Strange stuff like he's up to something Oh, you but, think that's purposeful? I, I just thought that was like a funny kind of way of handling everything. No, I think but, he's up to something. Uh, okay. I, I, th- I think Wong's up to something. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know what, but he's up to something. 
Well, maybe we'll find out in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, but another thing revealed in this, talking about Doctor Strange and his final spell in Spider-Man No Way Home. So at the end of the movie, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because I haven't seen this in a couple weeks now, and you <laughs> you saw it last week. Uh, so in the, in the end of the movie, Doctor Strange creates a spell that makes everybody forget Peter Parker? Yes. Like, it's more like you for, forget, everyone forgets Peter Parker exists. That's the so idea. it's not the, not just that they forget that Spider-Man was Peter Parker. No, but because the, it, 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 as I understand it, it is that everyone has to forget that Peter Parker exists. Yeah. So, so a lot of uh, nerds online, including myself, I come out of these movies and like I, I get uh, <laughs> involved in like the the small minutia of things. Sure. Uh, been like kind of like wondering uh, how does this affect things? Like, you know. Uh, does this mean that the Avengers don't remember Spider-Man or do they remember Spider-Man, but they don't know Peter Parker? It's very, it's very specific to me in the end of the movie that people know Spider-Man. They don't know Peter Parker. So does like all this, like MJ and Ned, they have all these pictures from their like high school years. It's like Peter Parker, like disappear from those photos, like Marty McFly. Yeah, again, I, I I would guess. I, I think what's going to happen with this is, like, you know how, like, after Avengers Endgame came out, like, the other movies started addressing what happened with the blip and how we started to learn, like, what happened as these people came back into existence? Does that make sense? So I feel yeah, like, like yeah. as as more movies come out, we'll, we'll kind of get more background on, you know, how the Peter Parker thing works. Yeah, well, in in this interview with Variety, they actually said as much. So Chris McKenna and Eric Summers said, obviously, some sort of magical redaction has occurred here. And at the end of all this, we didn't want a lot of people trying to do magical math in their head. They wanted people (laughs) to, yeah, (laughs) they wanted people to be invested on that scene in the diner with uh, Peter and his friends and the sacrifice that Peter's making there. Uh, you know, quote, if people have questions about some of these details that didn't get answered here, we'll answer them hopefully in another movie somewhere down the line, unquote. Uh, but for now, they wanted to, quote, just focus on the emotion of it, unquote. They did mention that at one point they were going to have like a photo and have it change like Back to the Future style, like I mentioned. <laughs> um, I think that would have been a little weird. Would have been a little on the nose, I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, again, I look at this point, what is it? It's January 2022. Expect <laughs> to have Spider-Man 4 dated for summer 2024 within, you know, a couple of hours. I don't know. There's no way Sony's not announcing another movie any any second now. So, yeah, uh, they'll get there. I'm also chance. not, I'm a little uh, cynical that this is a, yeah, I was going to say this. I'm a little cynical that this is even a change that will be long standing. Like, you know, we ended the last movie with Peter Parker being unmasked the entire world. And by the end of this movie, no one even knows Peter Parker exists. So by the end of the next movie, uh, you know, maybe things are back to normal or something. <laughs> Cause comic books, that's how things work. Right. Uh, <laughs> so. So, so get ready for people to start saying Mephisto. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, one last uh, reveal from from this interview involved uh, what they wanted. 
the potential of having the Spider-Man appear in future movies and things. Ryan, what did this say? Uh, McKenna specifically said, I would hope so. Uh, I would love to see more of their journey. We even talked about it. Oh, we could do a post-credits tag with this one. We could do a tag with that one. So they're sort of talking about it very nebulously, um, mm -hmm. which is how these people have to handle it, because even if they know anything, they can't say anything. So, like, you know, uh, look, uh, if you're Sony, and I, it looks like Andrew Garfield and Toby had a great time doing this, uh, they both probably like money. Uh, I'm, I, I don't think, and now Sony has it to spend. Uh, there is no chance you're not trying to get these guys back for more. So who, who doesn't like money, Ryan? Well, right. That's, you know, but it, it's, it's, uh, uh, I, okay. I guess I was thinking about this because I, you, you proposed this a few weeks ago when we were talking about the opening weekend box office, of, box office of them actually doing spinoff, you know, Spider-Man four with Toby doing Amazing Spider-Man 3 with Andrew. And to me, that makes sense. The question is, if they did that, would Marvel would Marvel Studios be involved? Because they weren't involved in the previous installments of those movies. I think those would probably be closer to what happened with, like, Venom, where Sony is just doing it because it's them. Although, although I have to imagine at this point that the relationship between Amy Pascal and Feige is pretty good that you know they might you know they, they might exchange some some ideas but i don't think officially marvel studios would be involved no i feel like amy uh, or um andrew garfield has said some things in the past about how he felt kind of burnt on how the the amazing spider-man movies went and what was kind of pushed into them uh, by sony or avi arad or or whatnot you know right um if I were him and I was being approached by, by Sony to do a Amazing Spider-Man 3, I would be like, I'll do it on the condition that Marvel Studios is is co-producing this. Yeah, either that or, like, who's involved, right? Like, obviously, we're not bringing Mark Webb back. Um, yeah. I think, like, who's doing it? It's, like, the same thing. Like, I have a, you know, I... By I, the way, I don't think Webb was the problem with those movies. No, but I think if you're going to do it, you got to really... you got to really assert that you're doing something a little different. And I, you know, I think Webb has probably moved on in yeah. his own way. And um, my big, my big guess is that if things go well with Doctor Strange two, though, that Sam Raimi has a good time making a big superhero movie again. Meanwhile, you got Toby sitting over here. He just had a good time making a superhero movie again. You start putting those pieces together real easy. Uh, oh, hey, Sam. Hey, Toby. What do you guys think? <laughs> you know, I, I. That's to me seems like the. The obvious, like you can just feel Sony trying to push them together, like you know, you do a proper Spider-Man four. That's where I think. That's where I think like the pieces are on the board. If they can move them in the right place, oh man. But but again, this becomes a thing with Marvel Studios. Like if I'm Sam Raimi and they're approaching me to do a Spider-Man four, I felt a really. You know, it seems like he did not have a good time on Spider-Man 3 and what was for, you know, Avi Rod forced the whole Venom thing into that movie. Right. And if he's having a good time with Doctor Strange, it seems like that's primarily doing, dealing with Marvel Studios and Disney and it's a difference of approach from Sony. Like what's to make him trust Sony and, that, you know, what happened before isn't going to happen again, aside from Avi Rod. They have, they, they, he can, Sam Raimi can just say no. Like, yeah. like he gets to literally go, 
These are my terms and conditions. <laughs> I, I I am Sam Raimi. I do not have to do this. <laughs> and like and uh, especially, I just got all my Doctor Strange money, you know. So like, I do not have to do this. So if you want me to do this, this is how we're doing it. It's just yeah. a different thing. It's just a completely different animal at this point. Because I agree with you that Marvel, you know, makes the difference. There, Marvel Studios makes the difference. But I think if Sony wants these movies to happen, you're you're going. The talent now has the negotiating power. You know, they're not just a cog in the machine because it's these people that that get the audience interested so yeah for sure okay that does it for today's show you can find more of all of our work at slashroom.com you can find this podcast on apple google overcast spotify all the popular podcast apps please feel free to send us your feedback questions comments concerns to us at peter at slashroom.com and please head on over to apple podcasts and review this podcast tell your friends spread the word and we'll see you tomorrow <laughs>